This is Bump, Baby and Beyond with Emma's Diary. Hi everyone, it's Holly from Pretty Big Butterflies and Holly Plus and you're listening to Bump, Baby and Beyond with Emma's Diary. Today I'm joined by the lovely Amy, who is a mummy to two little boys just like me and we're going to talk about obesity during and after pregnancy and what impact this can have. So hi, Amy. It's lovely to have you on the show. Hi, Holly. So it's lovely to have you back today. Um, And we're talking about obesity during pregnancy. um, Yes. Which I know can be a tough subject for people to talk about. Really strong opinions from some people. Um, And I just, I'm really glad we're doing this podcast because it isn't spoken about very much. And I think it's great that Emma's Diary are kind of letting us have a chat about this because I know there's lots of mums that that will benefit from it. I totally agree. And I'm glad I'm talking to you about it, which is amazing. Um, So would you mind then starting off with your experience? And and I hope that none of this becomes is offensive to you if I ask if you were obese and things like that. But hopefully we'll be pretty open. No, no, not at all. So, so my scenario, so when I had my first little boy, um, he is going to be six next month. So he was my, my first baby. I went through that pregnancy, um, not being classed as obese on the BMI scale, because this is what it all boils down to is it's down to BMI. And first pregnancy, I developed, um, hyper I can't think the name of it now it's basically preeclampsia's little brother and I had to be induced there was a few issues but none of the conversations with consultants or doctors ever came back to my weight obviously when you have a baby you put on weight for most women that's a given you know and we should too you know it's one of the times in our lives where we eat whatever we want you know you you don't have to worry about dieting or anything like that because ultimately you're growing a human being so that's your main focus is just making sure that you and baby are fine so after I had my first son obviously I was a first-time mum Getting my figure back went to the back of my mind. You know, it wasn't important to me. The most important thing for me was that I was happy. My baby was happy. And then over the years, you know, I struggled with my weight a bit. I say struggled with my weight because it was it was personal to me. You know, it was something in my head that I had an issue with. And then when I fell pregnant with my second son back in 2017, he... When I fell pregnant with him, I was classed as obese on the BMI scale. Now, what's really interesting is at that point, clothing size wise, I was probably exactly the same as when I had my first son. Um, But weight wise, I was different. And it felt like an entirely different pregnancy. I felt like the way I was treated was differently. And it was a really kind of negative experience from that kind of being classed as obese in pregnancy perspective. I didn't feel like I was obese. I was still, I mean, I was still doing Zumba, uh, I think about 20 weeks pregnant with my bump. I was still keeping active, you know, I probably didn't eat the healthiest that I could. But if I was craving something like a burger, I would eat a burger because as far as I was concerned, I was growing a baby so I could eat what I wanted within reason. Um, And I think the biggest issue for me and the reason that I feel so passionate about talking about this subject and about supporting women who are classed as obese in pregnancy is because my pregnancy second time round, 
kind of was a totally different experience. I felt better within myself. I had less issues kind of medically, but on paper, I was treated so differently. My birth options were limited and it was it was so frustrating and so upsetting that it all came down to a number on a piece of paper. Yeah, I I completely, you know, can see what you're saying. Do you when you say that you were treated differently for each pregnancy, how do you feel like you were treated differently? What things can you remember that made you think, hold on a second? And and did you think you were treated differently because of because of your weight? Was anything said about it or anything specific like that? Yeah. So I want to start this little bit by saying that when I had both my boys, the care that I received was second to none. You know, I'm so grateful to the NHS and to the doctors and the midwives that delivered my children. You know, they're both happy and healthy and the care they gave me was amazing. And I understand, you know, that there are procedures and practices in place to protect people. I fully understand that. But it felt when I had my second son, the best way to, do, to explain this is that I went to an appointment quite early on where they weighed me and I was wearing probably size 18 clothes, um, but I weighed about 17 stone. I've always been a heavy person. Even now when I'm wearing size 16 clothes, I'm still kind of 16 stone. I've never been light. And I remember going into the appointment, the consultant kind of saying to me, oh no, you're, you're obese. You need to go and see a lifestyle clinic. And I was like, a lifestyle clinic? What's this? And my husband was with me and we went into this room with, a, 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 I don't know what she was, what her job role was, but she was telling me how I need to eat my portions of fruit and veg a day. She was telling me how I couldn't have a water birth because they wouldn't be able to get me out of the water. And I just had visions of me flailing around like some hippo in a pool, not being able to get out. And my husband was sitting there just completely like flabbergasted saying, well, if she could, I could, I could get her out of the water. You know, she would be able to get out the pool if there was an issue. And it felt like my birth options were so limited the second time round, all because I was classed as obese. I was told that I wasn't allowed to have a water birth. I was told that I wasn't allowed to have a home birth all because of this little number on a piece of paper. You know, nobody listened to the fact that actually I was eating probably healthier in this pregnancy than I was in the other one. Nobody listened to the fact that I was still exercising because I wanted to, not because I felt pressure to, but because I had energy and I wanted to exercise. That didn't seem to matter. It didn't didn't matter that I could do the splits, that I was flexible. <laughs> you should have showed them, maybe. Next time you show them. <laughs> Do you know, my husband said that. My husband was like, show them you can do the splits now. I was like, "Mm, probably not appropriate right now. But none of that seemed to matter. And it was like I, because of my BMI, I was put in a box and there was no flexibility. Um, But I was very grateful to be surrounded by some really supportive and empowering women. And I found out that actually there are options and I fought to, um, to, to change what my options were. See, I find it really interesting hearing about other people's experience because I'm, I'm plus size, always have been. And, um, 
I didn't really think of it when I, cause I got pregnant so quickly. I was very lucky. Um, I didn't really think about my size, to be honest. I was a bit like, Oh, I'm pregnant. Great. Let's, let's, let's go. But it was only after I had been to see the midwife and I had started reading online that I started to panic slightly about my size. Um, and I also, where you said you had to go and see a lifestyle clinic, I was put on something called a BMI pathway. So because of my weight, I was classified as high risk, a bit like if you're a little bit older or, you know, if you have underlying illnesses, I was put on that kind of pathway, which meant I had to see a consultant and had to have um, extra care, basically. And what I would say is in terms of my experience, for the first few months, it did hinder it because I just felt so scared. I felt like because I was basically fat, I'm very happy with using that term for myself, because I was fat, I felt like, to be completely honest, that I might lose the baby or that I was going to be a, have a terrible pregnancy or I was going to be an awful yeah. mum. I felt like I'd failed before I'd even started. Um, yeah. And, you know... That's how I felt at the beginning. I did all this reading and it was all just very negative. But, and it did feel like a tick box exercise. Like you said, they didn't take into account that I had no underlying health conditions. My blood pressure was great. I didn't smoke, you know, all these other things. It wasn't really looking at me as an individual. It was a bit of a tick box exercise. But what I have to say is in hindsight, and I obviously I know this is always a blessing when you have hindsight, is I had lots of scans because they wanted to check that the baby was growing okay. They couldn't see very clear at the beginning because of my belly fat. And actually, I got to see my baby an awful lot more than what most mums do. And yeah. what it meant is that this extra care I was receiving, if there was anything wrong, they would have picked it up a lot earlier than maybe for someone who wasn't having this extra care. And I think... It's really difficult if you're because I was I was very confident and even it knocked me for six a little bit. And I think if you're not a confident person and you already have issues with how you look and how you feel, it can be really difficult to overcome the experience, especially in the first few months. Um, because what we have to remember is consultants and doctors, they see people every day, you know, hundreds of people yeah. a week. And, you know, they'll use vocabulary that you might, I, mem I remember being called, some, I don't know, a, a, a beast mass or something like that, obstruct mass. Oh my God. Yeah, like on my paperwork. And at the time I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? And, um, but you know, you have to remember that it is clinical and these are professionals and it's really hard sometimes, but you know, they see so many people, I guess it's just easy for them to forget that you are a person and you're not a tick box. So, you know, it's really hard to not take it personally. And you do feel I like you're being treated worse, but. Yeah, I completely agree. I think what you've said about the extra care, you know, it's, it's there for a reason. We know that, you know, it, it is scientifically proven that if you are obese or fat or however you want to put it, there could, could being the big word here, be implications of that. You know, as you were saying, I remember when I went to this lifestyle clinic, them telling me that my child had a higher risk of shoulder dysplasia and different things like this. And they're only basing that on science. And I fully understand that. But as you said, it feels like there's no kind of personal circumstances taken into account there. Yeah, absolutely. And so 
When you had the initial discussions, obviously you were told that your BMI may play an issue, may, may play a part, and there was extra various um, appointments you might have to attend and it might affect your birthing options. But how did being obese or having a high BMI, how did that affect your actual pregnancy? Not at all. <laughs> I would say not at all. The only way it affected my pregnancy is that it is so hard to find maternity clothes in plus size. It's so difficult. But in regards to kind of my physical health side of things, I felt no different. As I said, I, I was still kind of, I mean, towards the end, yes, I slowed down, but I was still going to the gym. I was still doing Zumba. But I never did that for weight loss purposes. I always did that for kind of my mental health and to feel good about myself. Um, and still even now, I exercise for my mental well-being, not for my for my body, you know. And I wouldn't say it affected my pregnancy in a negative way because of the way that I felt about it, if that makes any sense. So if I was a first time mum and I hadn't gone through it before and I didn't have the support around me of women that were telling me that actually I could do certain things, I think it would have been a very different experience. It would have been very negative. It would have felt, as you said, it's something that can be really, really upsetting if you're not feeling confident and secure in yourself. It can be a really horrible experience. Yeah. And I think, you know, having a positive network around you is a really good idea. And I found it really difficult as a first time mum, there wasn't very much online at all about being plus size and pregnant. There was like one American Facebook group, which which is actually very different to the UK in their treatment and things like that. Um, what I felt it was based on what I was reading. There just didn't seem to be many resources. And now, even though my little ones are now two and three, I still get messages probably daily from women who are pregnant or who are trying to conceive who are plus size because they're like, you're one of the only people I can find that is talking about it. And that's why I'm so happy that we're having this podcast because I know that there are women out there who just need to hear other women's experiences. And they don't have to be a glowing example of pregnancy and birth because, you know, birth can be a bit messy. But, mm. you know, just to hear them and to hear that actually we've had children, we've had pregnancies and, you know, we're getting on OK, to be honest, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think you're right. I think the fact that Emma's diary is highlighting this is so important because th there is information out there. But you have to really, really search for it. So I know that after when when I had my second baby, I was really heart set on having a water birth. Due to circumstance, the first time round, it didn't happen. But I really, really wanted to be in the water. And when I was told you can't have a water birth because you're too fat, basically, I was absolutely devastated. Like I was, I remember sitting in the car crying. And as you said, I felt like a failure before I'd even begun. Um, and it was only because I was doing hypnobirthing at the time. And the lady that run the hypnobirthing group, I contacted her and I said, like, everything's gone out the window. They won't let me do this. They won't let me do that. And she kind of, she had the resourcing and she said, you know, look online. And we found information, you know, that said that actually, if you are bigger, being in the water is better for you. You know, you're buoyant, you know, 
things that are big in water, they float (laughs) and you're buoyant in water. And the fact that I kind of armed myself with all this knowledge made me feel stronger when I went back to say, actually, this is what I want. And, you know, circumstance meant that it didn't happen in the end, unfortunately, but I was on track to have the birth that I wanted. Um, but as you said, if, if the information's not spoken about enough, then women don't know. Exactly. And just to highlight, I think we always say every pregnancy is different. Every woman is different. So no pregnancy will be the same regardless of your size. And no. I just find it really interesting that you know you actually had a an okay pregnancy and um if just to confirm throughout your pregnancy were there any health issues so did you have things like gestational diabetes or did you have high blood pressure or anything like that no so what's really funny is the first time round when I was pregnant when I wasn't classed as obese I had issues with my blood pressure. That was why I was induced. You know, I was close to preeclampsia, which is a blood pressure issue. And I was on tablets for my blood pressure. Second time round, when I was actually classed as obese and was in the mind of the paperwork and the tick blocking exercise, fat, I had no issues. I had no blood pressure issues. I had no gestational diabetes. And that's what frustrated me so much you know because as you said no pregnancy is the same I actually had a friend who was pregnant at the same time as me who was lighter than me who wasn't classed as obese but yet she had gestational diabetes but she was allowed to have whatever birth she wanted because she didn't hit that BMI marker. Yeah, and I completely feel your frustration because I felt that same frustration. I honestly did. So after I'd got over the initial shock of being pregnant and I'd had my first scans and everything was fine, um, throughout the pregnancy, my blood pressure was perfect. And the shock on people's faces when they tested my blood pressure, because yeah. I used to have, um, just so everyone knows that they're not alone if they have to have this, I had to have an extra large blood pressure cuff. Oh, yeah, so did I. Yeah, and, and it's amazing how they just don't really have them very much. And then they all <laughs> panic because they're like, where is it? Where is it? And I'm like, just so you know, I will need a big one. And they tried the small <laughs> one. I'm like, trust me, guys, you're going to need a big one. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't have gestational diabetes and I didn't have high blood pressure. I had a really healthy pregnancy both times actually and it's just a good thing to to point out now that it isn't recommended that you diet during pregnancy it is just recommended that you eat healthily and I naturally lost weight not because I was eating any different but I think pregnancy just really agreed with me I was probably the healthiest I've ever been I think as well, when you're pregnant, you're you're conscious of what you're eating as well, aren't you? You think, oh, I need to eat healthily because my, my what I eat goes to my baby. So you're right. You do kind of eat healthier when you're pregnant. Well, I don't know. I did have some weird cravings and they weren't very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's not talk about the tubs of ice cream I used to eat. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I think this is why it's important. Every pregnancy is different. Like you said, I know um, slim women and people of a healthy weight that have had difficulties. And I know plus size women who have had difficulties. And on the flip side, I know women of all different sizes and shapes who have had really great and healthy pregnancies. And and I don't want to be as flippant to say it's potluck, but sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. And what I want to emphasize from my experience and from yours is just because you're overweight, just because you're obese, 
doesn't automatically mean you are going to have difficulties. So please don't waste your time worrying about something you can't really control. Once you're pregnant, you can't suddenly lose five stone. So what you have to do is make the best of that situation, enjoy your pregnancy, and try not to let those extra pressures weigh you down because you'll miss out on the good stuff. I totally agree. And I couldn't put it better myself. I think the only thing that I would add on to that is saying, you know, if you are classed as obese and there are things that you want from your pregnancy, just arm yourself with knowledge, you know, look at the research, find out health implications because a lot of the time it's not one size fits all. You know, we are, we are kind of, we show that we're not one size fit all. Yeah. And there are always options. So don't ever feel like what you want from your pregnancy or from your birth has to be kind of shot down and completely disregarded just because you have a certain number next to the BMI. There is always options. And ultimately, as a mother and as a pregnant mother or once you've had the baby, you're always going to do what's best for your child. You know, you're never if a doctor says you have to do X, Y, Z because it is important. You're always going to do that because you want what's best for your baby and for you. But just research, you know, arm yourself with knowledge. Find those people on social media like Holly, like people who talk about being obese and plus size in pregnancy because you are not on your own and the support is out there. I promise. Yeah. And also if you're not happy with your midwife or your consultant, you can ask to change. Just because yeah. you've been assigned someone, if you feel like they don't understand your needs or you're not comfortable because of the language they use or, you know, you feel like they don't understand you and what what you're going through, you do have the option and to, to change. So don't feel like you're suddenly stuck and you don't know where to turn. There are definitely options, like you said. And I know you... So I know... Based on what you said, your plan and what you really wanted was to have a water bath. And the advice was not to have it, but you kind of thought, no, this is what I want, which is totally fair. So what happened? What happened at the end of um, that pregnancy? What happened with the birth? So I... I had to fight. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I had to fight for what I wanted. I knew that this was going to be my last pregnancy. Um, I knew that I was healthy. I knew that my baby was healthy, thanks to all of the extra scans that we were given. So I actually... um, did something called a facilitating women's choices um, form. So basically there are guidelines with the NHS, um, which are there for a reason. They're there to support um, midwives, doctors, they're backed by science. They are there for a reason. I actually read the guidelines online as to the reasons why I was being told no. And I I actually changed my midwife from piggybacking on what you said, Holly. I actually changed my midwife because I felt like my midwife wasn't supporting me enough. I had a new midwife who was incredible. She listened to all of my concerns. She listened to the reasons that I wanted to be in the water. I went to see her armed with printouts and stats and figures. And ultimately, I said to her, I remember saying so clearly, I'm not stupid. If I am in the water and I am told there is an emergency, you have to get out now, I will get out. 
Or if I got to hospital and I was told, you cannot do this because they're in an emergency, I won't push for it. You know, I'm not stupid. My baby comes first. So we completed this facilitating women's choices form, which basically was me saying, yes, I've read all the research. Yes, I've listened to all the recommendations, but I still want to make this choice. And I was set to actually have a home birth with a pool at home. The midwife had said, you know, we'd gone through all the pros and cons. She went through the form with me. It's a form that you have to fill out with your midwife. And that was that. Everything was set for me to have this dream birth that I'd planned and that I was so excited about having. And then all of a sudden at 36 weeks, I had a humongous bleed, got rushed to hospital and he was born the next day. So it all went out the window. (laughs) But this is what I mean. This is why I'm still so glad I went through that fight because it it proved that, you know, yes, I was fighting for something that I really, really wanted, even though I was being told by the professionals, no, you can't do this. I I knew that I could because there was no reason why in my head that I shouldn't. But it proved that when push came to shove, if there was an emergency, I wasn't going to say, oh, no, I'm having a massive bleed. I'm going to stay at home and get in my pool. I went straight to hospital. I let the doctors and midwives do whatever they needed to do to make sure my baby was safe. Of course. And it just goes to show that, you know, you can make all the plans in the world. But if that baby has other ideas, it really doesn't matter. Nope. And you know what's hilarious is literally a week before this all happened, I'd seen the midwife, I'd gone through this facilitating women's choices, she'd sent it off. And I remember her texting me about two days after my son was born saying, how are you? Have you booked your your pool at home? Because you have to book and pay a deposit for it. And I just sent her a picture back of my son and she rung me and she was like, oh my goodness. And I told her what had happened. So yeah, the, the best laid plans, they can all be there. But ultimately, if baby has other plans, baby has other plans. Exactly. And with my pregnancy, I guess I didn't really have a plan to begin with. I just was going to see what happened. And they walked, we did a little hospital tour. I don't know if you did that. when you was Yeah, there. yeah. And they took us to see the birthing suites, which were like hotel rooms. Absolutely oh, yeah. lovely. And then they were like, oh, sorry, but you can't use them because you're going to yes. be high risk. And I was like, what are you doing, guys? Like, come on. Like, that's kind of rubbing salt into the wound. And I felt, at that point, I felt really bad because I was like, and then you get shown the hospital room, which seems so clinical, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, this is just, this is just awful. And But I really did have to sit down with my husband and say, look, we don't know what we're doing here, <laughs> okay? Mm. And we have to kind of trust what the professionals are saying. So I did go with it. I just went with what they advised, and that was to go to the normal labour ward. And um, actually, I had a, a textbook pregnancy, to be honest. Absolutely fine. No issues. Um, two days before my due date, I was got contractions. That's a whole nother podcast, by the way. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and then my waters broke when I was at the hospital and, and so forth. And eventually I went, um, my, I was like four centimetres dilated and everything was going swimmingly until I had a little nap. And it was the first nap I'd had in two days. And then oh everything kind of peaked. And eventually the next day I had to have a C-section because just nothing else was happening. Um, But other than that, I had a really great 
pregnancy and I would say I had a great birth experience even though it was a c-section and you know it did seem a bit rushed I know it wasn't down to my weight it wasn't down to my BMI it was just because it was just one of those circumstances yeah and with my second pregnancy I they were they kind of said you know because of what happened last time it would just be easier and for you if we planned a C-section. And at first I was like, you know what? I really want to do a vaginal birth because I felt so empowered last time. I swear I could have broken an arm and not felt anything. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of power that consumes you. And I really wanted to do that. But we decided that, you know what? If we think this will be better for the baby, then we'll do it. So we did a planned C-section and it all went to plan. It was like being in a film, though, because you feel like you're going shopping and actually you come back with a baby. It's very <laughs> surreal. Very surreal. Um, but, yeah, my birth, basically, other than afterwards, they thought that uh, Cameo might have um, sepsis or some kind of infection. But, again, that was nothing due to my weight. It wasn't down to me as such. So actually we had really, really great births and ended up with healthy babies and I healed up very, very well considering my belly. And I just had, I had a really great experience and I just hope that women realise that it's not all bad, you know, just because you're big, just because you're overweight, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. And and like you said, you can plan for whatever you want. There's those options, but be prepared for it to not go to plan. <laughs> Do you know what you say that when there's two things to say there, you said about, um, you know, the second time round, you know, you had amazing birth experiences. First time round, when I was not classed as obese, when I wasn't um, on the BMI scale, my experience was probably more negative than the second time round because even though I was obese, I felt confident. I felt empowered. You know, as you said, you feel strong and it is, you do just feel so so empowered after you've given birth it's like you could take on the world and you talk about planning the first time round I didn't have a plan I thought you know first time mum I'm not going to have a plan I don't really know what I'm doing I'm just going to do whatever I'm told to do but because it was kind of a negative experience I decided second time round even though I was obese and I was being told you know there's health implications and things I actually had three birth plans. I had an A, which was my dream scenario, you know, at home, in the pool, all these wonderful things. I had a B, which was my, if I have to go to hospital, you know, if things go wrong. But I still put in there, you know, I wanted to be mobile. I wanted to move around, you know, let me have music on if I want to, etc. And then I had a C, which was my C-section plan. So it, I went from being not planned at all to being super, super planned. I love that. And, you know, sometimes if you can plan, it's very hard when you don't really know what you're planning for. But it's Exactly. Do the research and and if you do have a great medical professional with you so I I know you stopped midwives but I had an amazing consultant she was especially for people who were on this BMI pathway and her name was Naz so if you're listening Naz thank you very much and <laughs> she actually after I had cameo my first baby she actually came up to the ward to come and see how I was um and she was like, I haven't heard from you. And I wondered what happened. So I've come up and they said that you've had the baby. Um, and she was just incredible. And if you get these people who you feel comfortable with, then it does make life a, a lot easier. 
so much. I had that when I delivered my second son. The midwife that I had, the, all of the midwives I actually saw during that time were just incredible. You know, even though my birth wasn't going to plan because I'd had this bleed, they did the little things that really made a difference. So they went and found some knee pads for me so that I could like kneel on the floor and lean over the bed and all things that they didn't have to do, but they did it because they wanted to make me more comfortable and I was so grateful. Yeah, yeah, same here. So now your babies are here and they're now little beans. Um, Has your weight impacted your parenting? That's a really good question. Uh, I wouldn't say my weight's impacted my parenting. I would say that parenting has impacted my perception of myself, if that makes sense. I feel like even though I have two boys like you, I still want my boys to grow up knowing what women look like, you know, that women come in all shapes and sizes. I don't want them to grow up thinking that women should be ashamed of their bodies or that they should be dieting or that, you know, anything like that. I'm previously I have done different diet plans and things but it's got to a point in my life now where I you know I really love my body my body grew my two babies it delivered them safely into the world you know my body has carried me all over the world it's done amazing things and I now see it as my duty to treasure myself and to thank myself for everything that it's done. So I I work out, you know, you've probably seen my really sweaty, sped up workout videos that I post on my Instagram. They inspire me, I love them. But I don't work out because I want to be a skinny little person because that's not me. I'm never going to be like that. You know, I've always had boobs. I've always had a bum. And I love that my boys come into the kitchen and they join in with me. And my littlest, who's two, when I finish working out, he looks at me and he goes, "Uh, wet. <laughs> yeah, mummy's really wet. But they also see me, you know, pigging out on brownies and cooking dinner with them and cooking pizzas and cooking roast dinners. And I want them to remember me as the person that was just happy, not the person that was going, oh, no, I can't have dessert because I need to watch my weight. You know, I'm healthy. I've got no health conditions. I might be fat, I'm classed as fat, but I still wear cycle shorts. I still wear whatever I feel comfortable and sexy and confident in. So I don't think that kind of being a parent has affected like my weight. I don't think my weight has affected my parenting, sorry. I think that being a parent has changed my perception of my weight. And now I feel that if I'm happy, if I'm healthy, I don't care if I've got rolls or that lovely mummy pouch that I now have thanks to growing my children. You know, my body's done amazing things and I just want to thank it and I want to be happy mentally and physically. And if that means that I eat some brownies on a Friday night or eat a disgusting amount of chicken wings, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, and I say yes to that because, you know... Weight hasn't impacted my parenting. I mean, I'm, I like to think I'm a good parent. Um, I would agree with you in the sense I think it maybe affects my mindset. And sometimes I do think, you know, I don't want the boys to grow up thinking that your weight defines you because it doesn't. That's just no. a fact. It doesn't. But 
on the other side, I also worry sometimes that, you know, they might be kids at school that say, gosh, your mum's fat. And obviously I'm fine with that. But when you're growing up, that doesn't necessarily feel okay. So I am very aware that I want my children to be educated in that everyone is different and it's okay to be different. And I want them to be armed with responses that make them feel empowered. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to lose weight. It doesn't mean that I might not, you know, my body might not change over the next few years. And whatever anyone decides is completely right for them. There's no shame in losing weight. There's no shame in not losing weight. And, you know, I have to be honest, I get messages from people saying, you know, do they have to lose weight to get pregnant? And and I, I don't know the answer to that because I didn't. No. You know, some people yeah. might and some people might not. But I think you have to do what feel, feels right for you or what you think you need to do. And, you know, in terms of it impacting my parenting, yeah, let's be honest, there are some things I can't do. I can't go on some funfair rides. I can't go on, you know, I can't run, you know, down a hill at full speed. But I can roll down a hill very well, and I've proved that on my Instagram. (laughs) I've seen those videos. But that's it. Your your children aren't going to remember the time that you couldn't get on a funfair ride. They're going to remember the times that you rolled down that hill and got covered in grass. They're going to remember the cuddles and the love that you gave them. And you're so right. We just need to educate our children that all women are different. You know, all bodies are different. Not even just women. All men are different. And I, I... having if I had girls I'd want to raise them kind of feeling empowered in their body but I think as boys we not only need to raise them to feel empowered in their bodies we also need to raise them to understand that everybody's body is okay you know it's all acceptable yeah and just have fun as well like we get so caught up sometimes don't we in what we look like especially after having kids no matter what size you are you know suddenly you've got this extra belly your hips are wider you feel a bit groggy but you know let's not forget that it doesn't matter what size you are you might not be able to go on that fun fair ride but you will definitely find something that you and your kids enjoy that you have fun with and memories that they will never forget so you know there's a hundred million other things you can do it doesn't have to focus on the one thing that you can't do that's it and as as the good old RuPaul says if you're not going to love yourself how are you going to love anybody else and I think it doesn't matter how you look just be happy you know if you're not happy then make changes but if you're happy Don't feel like you have to change for anybody else. Exactly. And just before, I know we've given lots of advice and lots of kind of motivational little things to go away with, but can you think of any other tips that you could give to um, plus-size women, overweight women, when it comes to their pregnancies or giving birth? Any, Any tips you can think of off the top of your head? I'd go back to research, 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 you know, arm yourself with knowledge, surround yourself with like minded people. If you have an Instagram feed that is full of kind of model women who are glowing with no stretch marks and looking absolutely beautiful when you're in when they're in their pregnancy, but yet you're sat at home feeling like an absolute blob with stretch marks everywhere and only glowing because it's sweat and nausea. Seeing those pictures on your Instagram is not going to do you any favours. 
find your tribe and find like-minded people that can support you because as I've said before you are not on your own you're not the only obese person going through pregnancy there will be people who are underweight who are going through awful things as well so it is just finding that support network and arming yourself with knowledge so that you know what you're capable of absolutely and there'll be lots of things that plus size women or overweight women have to go through that we haven't touched on today so things like people having to have um blood thinning injections like i did i just wanted to mention that because that's really something really important that seems really alien but it's very normal if you're overweight i had to have it you know other various scans and being looked after and and if you have diabetes there's different care plans and you know I just want you to know whatever you go through when you're pregnant, let alone when you're plus size and pregnant, is is normal. You know, there's lots of different routes. There's lots of different things that can happen. And no matter what kind of obstacles come your way, try and chill out. (laughs) I know that's easier said than done, but stress is not going to help. And I felt so stressed. So stress is not going to help. Relax enjoy your bump your bump is still there your bump is still your bump regardless of the size you know in in terms it can take a while when you're plus size for your bump to show but it will show trust me it will pop one day and um you know just enjoy it my thing is i just want women to enjoy it stop worrying too much about your weight how what what you're going through in that sense and just enjoy your pregnancy because you know it's a really special time and You never know if you'll have another child. So really enjoy this pregnancy and yeah, make the most of it, I think. And sleep, get as much sleep as you can. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been so lovely talking to you, Amy. I'm so glad that we've got to discuss this because like I said, I think it's a really important subject and I'm so glad that I've managed to speak to you about it as well. Yeah, thank you. It's been brilliant to chat about it. And before we end, where can everyone find you so they can follow your exercises and and all your fun things like that? (laughs) So you can find me across social media at Through Amy's Eyes. I'm Amy with an I, A-M-I. And please, as Holly said, if you ever feel like you're on your own, reach out, you know, ask us questions. You can message us and we'll always try and help um, if you're feeling a bit down in the dumps or worried about being obese in pregnancy oh thanks amy i hope we have you on again soon i always love talking to you yeah and you thank you for having me all right take care Bye. bye for ongoing support and advice on everything from pregnancy to the toddler years visit emmasdiary.co.uk or download the emma's diary app available on apple store and google play store